What's up, Titans fans? Nick Lombardi here, Titans Unfiltered Pod from Music City Miracles. Flying solo again this week. Sam's been doing some flying as well, had some holiday traveling, uh, so just couldn't quite get our schedules aligned. Uh, everybody's, you know, got family in and, and doing the holiday stuff, so um, hope to get Sam back here next week. Tough do- doing it alone, so uh, hopefully get him back from Miami. But we got Thursday night football, so I had to get a pod out. Uh, and talk about that a little bit. But, you know, before we get to the Niners, we need to talk about the Pittsburgh game. Uh, that was rough. That was that was one of the more uh, hard game. That was one of the harder games for me to watch um, in the past few seasons, quite honestly, which is saying something considering we've lost to the Jets and Texans just this year. Um, but... It, I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that the number one seed was sitting right there. You know, we talked so much about Colts versus Patriots, got to cheer for the Colts. Uh, so we did. Colts did their job, but the Titans didn't do theirs. Um, and it is especially frustrating because the Titans, you know, were clearly the better team for basically, I would say, the whole game. Um, they just shot themselves in the foot. You know, the Titans dominated just about every statistical category you can think of. I mean, time of possession had it 40 out of the 60 total minutes. Pittsburgh only had 168 total yards, 35 rushing yards. I mean, Najee Harris couldn't do anything. Um, They didn't let their big players and Deontay Johnson or Chase Claypool do too much damage. Um, And on the offensive side of the ball, not super impressive with 318 total yards and 4.1 yards per play by the Titans, but, you know, still 201 rushing yards. So really dominated the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Um, Defense looked excellent, but coaches always say winning the turnover battle is so important. And Titans not only lost the turnover battle, but they like didn't even come close um, to winning it. You know, losing four turnovers, it's just, it's almost impossible to win when you turn over the ball four times, let alone uh, on your side of, on your side of the field, which the Titans did, um, I think at least technically three out of the four times, and the fourth, which was um, the interception that was out, I think on I think that was on Pittsburgh's side of the field, but was returned back into the Titans' side, um, and I really felt like each consecutive turnover like I was just getting <laughs> my guts ripped out like oh my god not again you know the it, it, I, I don't know if it's just because the stakes were so high but each turnover was just a gut punch um the Ferkser turnover you know Ferkser fumble where he had a actually had a clutch third down to keep the drive going gave it right back to him the McMath fumble where it's like why is this dude even out here why are we at this point um, which is a weird fumble too. I don't need doing like a side cartwheel, whatever that was. Um, the Tannehill one, you know, it, it was a quick read. He had to get out of his hands. Good play by the defense, both to bat the ball and then Schobert to track it down. Um, but that last fumble, which was the Bosch snap, like I think I, I crumbled to the floor after that one. You know, I, I can't really remember a time that I saw at least the Titans have a Bosch snap under center. Um, and I'd be curious to know if Ben Jones or Brian Tannehill had that at the pro level because you just 
you don't see it too often when you have your starting center and your starting quarterback out there, and they're usually in such a rhythm. I'm not sure whose fault that was. Uh, maybe a little bit of both, but it was, that one was just like, oh, my God, we're going to lose this game, aren't we? Um, but, you know, credit to the defense. After all four turnovers, they only gave up three points each. Um, tech, uh, Steelers only scored one touchdown on the game, and it really came down to getting 12 points off of turnovers was, was what changed everything. Um, so, you know, even on that final drive, the Titans still had a shot. They moved the ball down the field and just kept giving me enough hope that they were going to turn it around. But in the end, it was another kind of self-inflicted wound by, um, Nick Westbrook-Akine not getting to the sticks on the third, on the fourth down conversion and getting absolutely walloped by Joe Hayden, who <laughs> Westbrook has like four inches and 30 pounds on him. and uh, Hayden just drove him back. Like you gotta either run a right, the right route. Um, seems like there was some confusion between um, in the pressers these past couple days. Like Westbrook made it seem like he knew his route was going to be short, but uh, Rayburn and Downing kind of indicated that he should have been beyond the sticks when he caught it. Either way, that was just a, a brutal way to end the game, especially with all the chaos ensuing over the spotting the ball. I was just. About to rip my hair out watching all that. I was, I usually, I'm, you know, I told my dad how upset I was and he was surprised because I usually don't get that amped up during games. So I don't know if it was the fact that my kids were crawling all over me and I had a bunch of chores I was putting off or it really was just the heightened sense of the first uh, seed slipping away did it. But that one, that one got to me. I'll be the first to admit. Um, so talking about the game a little more. Um, you know, I mentioned the, the offense is just ineffective. Um, and there's there's a lot of fingers that can be pointed a lot of different ways, and most of them are going back to Todd Downing. But I have said repeatedly throughout the season that the biggest issue that the Titans have outside of injuries is their pass blocking, and it did not get any better. Um, Cam Hayward and um, T.J. Watt just kind of had their way with the Titans' offensive line. Um, I, I'd recommend to check out, check out Tyler Rowland's thread, uh, Tic Tac Titans. He really did a long, long thread of, you know, what the Titans, um, did on offense and just how restrictive this bad offensive line is in terms of what the Titans are able to do. Um, and you know, it's funny, I, I heard a lot of talk about the game. I think, I feel like every time the Titans lose, it's kind of like, um, Titans fans pick a new mark to, to zero in on and and shoulder the blame for that week and it was julio jones this week you know he hasn't he didn't have any catches no yard uh obviously no yards no he still doesn't have a touchdown for this season so a lot of the talk i saw was about julio being a bust um and and it's kind of hard to argue that i mean he's got what a little under 400 yards and no no touchdowns to speak of considering, you know, the guaranteed money that the Titans have tied to him and the picks they gave up to get him. Um, I mean, I will never fault J-Rob for making that move, bottom line. Like, um, to get a generational talent like that, would, you know, really everybody knew about the question marks about the health, but to try uh, and bring a guy like that in um, when you're going for a Super Bowl, and it looks like J-Rob called it, like, this, this year's wide open. Like, if the Titans had stayed healthy, um, they could have done some real damage. 
Um, so I, I don't hate going after Julio as opposed to some of the other options that were out there. I tweeted about that today. Wasn't super pretty. There's some decent ones, but no real game changers. So it's either go with someone like that or draft a guy, and you never really know, you know, what you're going to get there. So I'll never hate on it. It's fair to say it hasn't panned out, but there's still some time for him to redeem himself. Um, but back to what I was really saying, the margins for error in the NFL um, are so thin. And here we are talking about what a bust Julio is. But if Aaron Brewer can simply hold his block for like even a half a second to a, to a second longer than he did, uh, Ryan Tannehill is able to uncork a deep bomb to Julio Jones for a touchdown. We're talking about Julio's back. He's got a first touchdown. Uh, you know, the Titans probably win the game, and, and that's the way the conversation goes. But it all comes down to, like, just a play or two. And, and here we are um, talking about how much Julio is a bust and not that Julio is back. Thanks to some poor pass blocking. Um, and I, I don't know if it's going to get any better this week. We just saw that um, it was announced Saffold, who was out with an injury, is now out with COVID. And Luan was struggling with injury. You know, his back was obviously bothering him through the whole game. Um, and this is where the Thursday, the Thursday night games um, are, are a detriment that these guys can't get healthy in time. I, I kind of feel like Lawan might have been good to go if we got into Sunday um, and maybe even Saffold, depending on the COVID uh, restrictions, if he's a true case or if it's just a close contact. I haven't seen that yet, but um, I'm guessing it's going to be Lamb and then Brewer again. So Brewer has had his moments. Um, it was kind of disheartening to see how much he struggled last week. Thought he'd be an okay fill-in. Um, and then we'll probably see Lamb at left tackle. And, and he's a bit of a wild card. Um, he has been really bad when he gets pulled off the bench due to injury. Um, but when he knows he's going to start, he's done okay. I, you know, like the Buffalo game, for example, he played really great. Um, so it'll be interesting to see which Lamb we get. The fact that he knows he's going to play and can get in that mindset, maybe he's just one of those guys that – that needs that prep time. Um, but again, it's just, it's hard for the offense really to get anything going when Tannehill is having to get rid of the ball in two seconds. Um, I mean, he's averaging like six yards per completion. He's just, he's dinking and dunking. That's all he can do. And, you know, I was talking with someone on Twitter today. They were saying, well, why don't they keep a running back in to help chip block some of these guys coming? It's because like the, not only is the pass blocking bad, but the receivers are bad too. They can't gain any separation. Um, so the most success that the Titans have had in the passing game is these little running back drop down uh, checkdowns. So you, you, if you keep them in, you take away like probably the most effective part of your passing game. So it's a double-edged sword. Um, I wish I had like an easy solution to it. Um, you know, maybe if Lamb plays really well this week. You could talk about swapping him out with uh, Quisenberry once Lawan gets back. Um, Quisenberry is an interesting case study. You know, a lot of people saying I've seen a lot of people talking about how bad he is, and I think that's deserved for the past couple of games. But it's easy to forget that um, Pro Football Focus had him ranked as a top ten tackle to start the season. Uh, so say what you will about Pro Football Focus, but I, I do think that Quisenberry was playing well. Um, but he's just been giving up sacks at an alarming rate recently. T.J. Watt just had his way with him. I think he, he was responsible for two sacks this week, um, one last week, and then a couple, I think, before the bye. He's, he's really had a rough stretch here. 
And it's one of those, it's always hard when this happens, when a guy has played well to start the season. Um, and then his play totally reverses, you know, and especially offensive line where you you don't get any rotation. I think Quisenberry has basically played 100% of the snaps this year. Um, so do you take away his role or do you assume, you know, he's he's earned it, he's he's had his ups and downs, but we trust in him? I, I think that's what Vrabel is going to say. Um, but at a certain point, if he's going to get smoked every time, you know, if if Lamb has played well, and relief of Luan, I think you got to give him a shot. Um, Lamb actually has been a better pass blocker than run blocker in over his career, according to Pro Football Focus, um, which kind of goes against a lot of what the – it's the opposite for most of the Titans' offensive linemen, especially that interior line are all run blockers, not pass blockers. So maybe maybe adding some pass blocking uh, will do some good. I don't think we'll see Dylan Redunds. Um, unless Lamb were to get hurt. I think he's he's obviously the third tackle. I saw people bringing up Dylan's name, but I think Lamb's going to be the guy if we replace Quisenberry. Um, but really, you know, it, it all comes down to, I think, um, getting AJ back. You know, obviously we'd like Henry back as well, but AJ just really, I feel, opens up the field uh, with his versatility and the attention he draws and his yards after catch and explosive ability. Um, you know, the tight that's like I said, the Titans are just dinking and dunking. They're not even trying to push the ball downfield, even to, you know, risk getting sacked because the offensive line is so porous. But um, yeah, I, I, it looks like AJ might be back. We saw the CAA sports agency tweet, welcome back, AJ. Haven't seen official notice. Um, and Julio, after getting pulled late, is, was a full participant. So maybe we'll see both those guys back. Um, and that's really all we're going to we got to hope for is that uh, those guys can open up the offense a little bit. I don't think the pass blocking is going to get any better. And, um, you know, we can complain about Todd Downing's play calling, but I don't think that's going to improve unless he has more to work with. Um, Don't know how much of a knock is that is on him. He could probably be more creative, but um, with that pass blocking and lack of weapons, that's a, that's a double whammy. That's tough to overcome. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. I think that's really um, what we're, we're going to have to rely on. You just you need a guy like AJ that can be your go-to when you need him, a guy you can lean on. I mean, we're talking about Westbrook Akine, um, he, just not getting that fourth down conversion. Like, he was the go-to in that situation. That's where the Titans offense is at right now. Like, all right, we need a crucial first down. Who's our guy we're going to? Yeah, it's funny, you know, how much – Everybody moaned and complained about Westbrook Akine possibly being the third wide receiver. And I'll admit, like, I kind of poo-pooed it in the offseason. Like, oh, we're not going to have to worry about that. But here we are. Like, he's the guy who's had to step up and it's going about his plan. So, um, you know, again, the defense has been excellent. I want to make sure, you know, that's that's the negative part. We've talked so much um, about the offense. And it's it's really crazy how much of a 180 we've done from year to year. Um, but I really like seeing Zach Cunningham fly around. That guy looked rejuvenated to get off the Texans, didn't he? Um, Rashawn Evans, I guess, rem- was reminded that he's in, c- in a contract year, playing well. Um, and Buster Scrine, like I don't, I tweeted that like, why is he playing so good? You know, he had a couple of solid years earlier in his career, but past three to four, it's just been really rough. But he's just found his groove and has been making plays on the ball. Um, 
And Jackrabbit Jenkins is supposed to get back this week, so it'll be really interesting, and possibly Chris Jackson too, uh, to see what Scrine's um, role in this defense looks like with those guys back. Um, and with I think Molden will be out, so I'm assuming Jackson will play a lot of slot, and then maybe Scrine and Jackrabbit split the outside. But um, Jeffrey Simmons was just a wrecking ball again. It's a crime that he didn't get the Pro Bowl. Um, just defense is looking great. Offense just needs to catch up. So they've got a, a tough task in San Francisco. So to talk, you know, we'll get here into the Niners game in a second. But to wrap it up, Steelers game, um, just can't can't turn the ball over like that again. Um, if the Titans are going to want to win, um, you know, just ball, ball control. You know, 13, 13 turnovers and the last three losses. It's, it's unsurprising that they lost all those games. So that's going to be the main thing uh, looking for San Francisco is, is the ball control. So to continue talking about San Francisco, we'll talk about the team a little bit. Uh, Niners are sitting at 8-6, and six, averaging 29.1 points per game over the last six games. Um, for reference, the Bucks are scoring the most points per game at the exact same mark, 29.1 points per game. Um, Niners have obviously not done that the whole season. That's why it's just the last six games they've been scoring at that mark. But that's just to highlight the point that um, these dudes have been on a roll. Now, granted, they've had some easy games. You know, they've played uh, Falcons and um, the Seahawks and some of these other bad. I think that were the Jaguars in there. No, yeah, the Jaguars were in there and, and Vikings. Um, defenses that give up a lot of points. Um, so it'll be a tough task to see, A, can this offense score any points? <laughs> and if the defense can slow them down more than they've been. Because, you know, if the if the 49ers score 29 points, the Titans are going to lose. It's That's yeah, pretty simple. You know, even if we get A.J. back, um, you know, the Titans just aren't going to be able to keep up with that kind of offensive output. So this is a big game for the defense. That's a lot to ask of a unit that's already had a lot asked of them. Um, but that's what they're going to have to do. Um, the Niners have seven pro bowlers um, compared to the Titans one, which again uh, was a crime, but you know, Nick Bosa, Kyle juice George Kato, Debo Samuel and Trent Williams. Um, those are some really good players. I mean, Trent Williams is the best offensive line in football right now. Um, Harold Landry is going to have a tough time getting around him. Um, and Williams is just a perfect complement for their run game. So physical and athletic, can get out in space really easily. Um, and the Niners are just, they're just a very well-run team. They, they run the ball well, and then they have great complement pieces that make big plays. Um, getting George Kittle back healthy um, is the main reason I'd, I'd argue that they're scoring at the clip that they're scoring. I mean, Last three games at the Seahawks, 181 yards, two touchdowns. At the Bengals, 13 receptions for 151 yards and a touchdown. And then last week against the Falcons, a measly six receptions for 93 yards. I mean, can you imagine if we had this guy on our team right now like, and, and the wonders he would do? That's why, you know, it would be nice nice to add a real tight end next offseason. So take notes there, J-Rob. Uh, but – and then along with Debo Samuel, who 
you know, the genius that is Kyle Shanahan just knows where to line him up all over the field, put him in positions to make plays. He, he reminds me a lot of A.J. Brown with his yak ability, and he kind of has that running back build body. Um, and with the injuries at running back, they've actually been putting him as a true running back sometimes. So I uh, expect to see some carries out of him. But, um, yeah, the offense really functions in a way that they run the ball creatively and then they have big plays. They, I mean, this offense is basically what the Titans want to be, right? The, the Titans offense has evolved, um, you know, starting with Lafleur coming over from McVay. And McVay obviously has ties to the Shanahan's. Um, you know, run the ball effectively, run the play action, get big plays. Uh, the Titans are really only doing one of those right now, right, with running the ball effectively. Not enough play action probably and zero big plays to speak of. But Kittle and Debo are those those big play guys. Um, now in terms of running the ball, they're not going to have Elijah Mitchell. He was ruled out. Um, but those those are guys, you know, the Niners have always been a next man up running back um, factory. So Jeff Wilson had his, you know, had a hundred yard rushing game last week and Trey Sermon actually might be back. I saw that as well. So um, it's going to be tough to slow this, this offense. And it'll be interesting to see how they account um, for those, those weapons, you know, Kevin Byard is having excellent year, but a couple times that he, uh, He's been like, all right, we're going to have him neutralize the opposing tight end. He's had a little bit of trouble with that. I don't think he's necessarily uh, a one-on-one -on -one matchup guy. I think he's great as the general of the defense um, and flying to make plays. But So I'll be interested to see how, how they decide to cover Kittle. Um, I know Dane Crickshank did a great job shadowing Travis Kelsey earlier. Maybe we see a little bit of that. Um, Debo Samuel, he's, like I said, he just gets moved all over the place. So um, it'll be kind of tough to prepare for him and how he's going to be used because I feel like it's a new package each week. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are like, oh, Jimmy G, who cares? But he's like, he's, I think he has the most yards uh, per attempt or, I don't know if it's attempt or completion. I'll have to look that up right now. But basically he's been one of the most effective and efficient quarterbacks of the league this year. Um, which is kind of funny to think about considering how um, how much he struggled with efficiency in the past. But I was reading a 49ers blog and someone was theorizing there that basically Shanahan gave up this year. The, the key really was that Shanahan gave up on Jimmy G, which is funny to think about it that way. But he got Trey Lance. He knows Jimmy G is not the QB of the future. So he's no longer focused on trying to change Jimmy G as much as um, customizing the offense to his strengths. And that's what he's done this year. Just give him easy open reads. You know, Shanahan is great at scheming open guys um, like Kittle and like Debo, um, making the read easy for Jimmy, who can be accurate when he needs to be, get the ball in those guys' hands and let them make plays after the catch. Um, Shanahan's one of the best play callers for a reason, and, and the way he's kind of customized his offense for Jimmy is – why they've been so successful. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the Titans play against him. You know, I think he, in the past he's been a guy uh, prone to some bonehead errors, and he hasn't really done that this year. So the Titans, for as good as the defense has played, they've not really been generating turnovers at a high rate. 
Well, okay. I take that back. There's the Jaguars. There's the Jaguars. Like, we got the four <laughs> turnovers there, but it's the Jaguars. I and mean, we're talking about the last three losses. It's the 13 to zero lopsided turnover count there. So, um, you know, if, if the Titans, unless the Titans offense plays completely clean ball, the defense needs to step up in that regard and force Jimmy G into some situations I'm comfortable with and, and get some turnovers going. Um, I, I think it's, you know, when we talk about Tannehill a lot, you always hear game manager. Jimmy Garoppolo is the quintessential game manager. Um, when the the Niners are winning these games, nobody is saying, oh, Jimmy G put the team on his back. No, Jimmy G just did what he had to do to let the other stars on, to let the true stars on the team do what they do best. So I think with the, if the Titans are going to win this game, on the for the defensive side at least, they're going to have to limit the big plays and figure out a way to shut down one of, at least one of Kittle or Debo. Um, those, and those are the guys, you know, we're talking about big plays that kind of goes hand in hand. Those are the guys that make the big plays. Um, Kittle really, um, brought San Francisco to, to, to win that. He pulled them across the finish line to beat, um, the Bengals in that overtime game. So how are the Titans going to match up with them? It'll be interesting to see. I could see some Crookshank. Like I said, will KB be deployed? Um, you know, will we see more Cunningham and the linebackers? I don't know. Um, it, it is, I am glad that we have Cunningham who can fly around the ball, especially with how they use Debo. Like, that was one of the things I really liked from last week was the swarm tackling. Like, even when they're missing tackles, you saw all the Titans just giving their all, flying to the ball. Um, I know Vrabel was getting jacked up by that. So, we need to see a lot more of that, especially with this run game and those playmakers. So, got to keep that up. Um, as far as the offense, I mean, what, what can really be said that hasn't been said thus far? Um, I've, I've talked about AJ needs to come back. Um, that's, that's, I'm, I know we were just like, you know, I said that that seems like that's going to be the case. Um, but the type people I was listening to actually the, the Niners, um, podcast and they were saying that though I don't think the Titans can even score 14 on us and it's true because I think the, the Niners have like a number eight overall DVOA so a solid run game the Titans have benefited against the Jaguars and Steelers that they cannot defend the run this team can uh where they can be exploited is their secondary um are they're gonna you know Joe uh, which Bosa Nick Bosa was probably gonna eat Quisenberry's lunch this week but Titans got to figure a way. I would figure out a way to pass the ball, and they're not going to attack through the air with Westbrook, Akina, and Chester Rogers. It's not going to happen. Um, so it looks like Julio's going to play if they have AJ there. Um, it's a shame, really, that Derrick Henry isn't here because Josh Norman is on the other side of the field. Um, but if, if he can't be stiff armed, he should be passed on because he's really struggling this year, and the cornerbacks in general are having a rough time. So if you're going to exploit this Niners defense in any way, that's going to be the way to do it. Um, but the Titans we've seen over the past few weeks are not equipped to do so. So am I really just putting all my chips on AJ Brown getting back? Yes. Yes, I am. Um, I mean, I've got, I've got really nothing else on, on that. You know, the offensive line, not going to get better. Running backs have already done as much as they can. 
Um, the pass game just needs to get resuscitated, and that's really the only solution at this point, barring um, Julio Jones just beasting out and turning back and, and actually completing a game, first of all, and then uh, turning into the Julio of old. Um, I do think getting both of them out there is going to be helpful uh, to Julio as well, because, you know, even though he hasn't been the Julio of old, defenses have generally been, seems like treating him the Julio of old. Um, you know, kind of like we talked about, let let these other guys beat us. Let the Chester Rogers and the Westbrook Aquinas beat us. We're not going to let Julio beat us. When you get AJ out there too, it gets a little hard because you can only have so many resources. So that might open, you know, they might devote those to AJ, opening up more for Julio. Um, so the one thing I will say for the Titans that they have going for them is that basically nobody believes they can win this game. And the Titans, you know, we've talked about this with Sam in the past. They have this weird law of, I don't know, physics, worldliness. I don't know what, what, whatever you want to call it. They consistently do the opposite of what is expected of them, as evidenced by losing to the Texans and the Jets. As evidence says, oh, here's the number one seed on a platter against a team you should beat. You play much better than them. They lose. So everybody is counting out them against the Niners, who are on a roll right now, playing excellent football. Um, the Titans have lost two crucial offensive linemen, um, haven't scored a point to save their lives. So naturally, they're going to go out and score like 34. You know, that, <laughs> that's that's just how they operate. Um, and, it, it, you know, it is it is a huge game. We're getting down to crunch time here, and we talked a lot about the magic number of two for um, the Colts and the Titans, some combination of wins and losses. Uh, Titans, both teams, three games left. Um, Titans, you know, it's not as easy of a slate as we originally thought. You know, the Niners were playing poorly. Now they're playing great. Uh, Miami's riding, what, a six-game win streak? They almost lost to the Jets, but they've been playing much better football. Um, kind of figured some of the things out with two of there. Um, and the, the Texans, which you would hope you can pencil in um, a win, enable uh, toward going towards clinching the AFC South. So really you need to find um, a Colts loss and another Titans win somewhere or another Titans win somewhere in there. Um, so the Cardinals playing against the Colts this week is huge, huge game. Um, even bigger than the Patriots Colts last week, I'd argue. Um, just because now we're getting – the Colts are getting uneasily un close to the Titans in the divisional race, something that we thought was completely locked up. So need the Cardinals. If the Cardinals can beat the Colts, then really all the Titans have to do is beat the Texans. But they'd make li their lives a hell of a lot easier if they can you know, snatch a win from the 49ers. Or, you know, let's not give up on the first seed. If AJ's back and the team's looking like themselves, it's still feasible they can uh, win out here, win three straight games and still get the one seed. Um, need uh, the Steelers to do to do the Titans a solid. They owe us, owe us one after last week, but they play Kansas City this weekend. Kansas City has, I know, Butker's at least out, and then I think Kelsey and Hill are on the COVID list right now, so who knows what can happen there. Things, things are getting wacky with – you know, this this league in, in general has been um, – it's been a weird year, and now COVID is really throwing an extra big wrench into things. So anything can happen. Um, you know, I, I think people are counting out the Titans, which generally works in their favor. So I won't write them off. But if they're, if they're going to win, not only just this week, but really turn things around, 
Um, outside of getting Derrick Henry back, this offense just it needs to start generating points. Um, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm cautiously optimistic. I, I think this is this is where Vrabel shines. Um, obviously, he's up against the back. His back's up against the wall, but um, I think the Titans will be able to hang with the 49ers. So, especially if AJ gets back. How many times have I said if AJ gets if AJ gets back? But really, that's like where, where we're at in the season. That's that's all I got left, guys. I'm I'm clinging on to that that fraction of hope um, that he's going to imagine turn us back into the one seed as possibly unrealistic as that might be. I'm sticking to it. So um, big game. It's a Thursday night game before um, Christmas, Day, Christmas Eve Eve. So it's, it's a weird time, weird game. Crazy things have happened in these kind of days. So I'm um, looking forward to watching it. Like, you know, again, it's a Thursday night game, not against the Jaguars, which is a rarity. So no color rush. Um, no weird game nobody else is watching. I think people actually be paying attention to this one. Um, so a real primetime game, not an AFC South basement slap fight. Uh, so looking forward to it. Um, let's all just say one last prayer for AJ that he's going to be back healthy um, and tighten up.